Welcome to episode 118 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm Brian Cristiano alongside Rob Cressy. This is the full interview with Steve Overmeyer, a 20-year veteran of the TV sports industry and a sportscaster on CBS in New York. This uncut version has questions we didn't talk about in the 100th episode, but before we do, Rob, you're going to give us a life or business tip. So this one is so simple. It is the very first thing I do every single day. I start my day by saying today is going to be a great day. The very first thought in my head every day for the last 10 years, today is going to be a great day. On one, you do it once and you're like, oh, okay. Well, just just like we've said with doing naked push-ups or finding time to do things when you've got a minute here or there. If you start your day thinking today is going to be a great day, what do you think is going to happen over the culmination of 10 years when every day you say that? So not only do I do that, but when I do my morning pages, when I just write out and journal, what's the very first thing I say? Today is going to be a great day. Repeating it in my head over and over, it takes nothing. But if you can control your thoughts and lead yourself down the, down the right path, and then guess what happens when you have a great day? You're like, crazy how that worked out. Wow, that's awesome, man. The quality of your life is dictated by what you're thinking about, not what's happening. All right, now time for the interview. Enjoy. Steve, listen, man, good to, good to hear it from you. It's, uh, it's been a while. Super, super pumped to have you on the 100th episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys, so much for being or uh, for uh, allowing me to to join you. That backdrop that you guys that you have there, Rob, is that yours? Is that your like baseball card collection? So that is called baseball card wallpaper. Long story short, I had all my common cards from when I was a kid, and from all the videos and live streaming I shoot, I needed a backdrop. So one day I came up with the idea of creating my own wallpaper, and it just so happens all my common cards are, are on the baseball card wallpaper. Okay, good. Because I'm saying it looks like there's some pretty valuable ones there. I, I would hate to see those as wallpaper, but uh, now that I know that it's 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 though no, uh, baseball cards are supposed to pay for my college, so value is only if you can <laughs> if you can sell said baseball card. So even if there's a twenty dollar baseball card on there, which there is, the value is only if I can sell that. And really, on eBay, I'm probably going to get three dollars, and it looks way cooler in the backdrop than it does three dollars. <laughs> That's a great point. Well, what way to string it all together? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Steve Overmeyer, uh, A, I've known you for a while, but B, you're a 20-year veteran of the TV and sports broadcast industry. You've been to pretty much every team, every game, every network. You right now, you are uh, over at WCBS in New York, sportscaster over there right. on air, on broadcast. You know everything that's going on on sports because you're out there pretty much living it every day. Give us some insights to what you see was some of the biggest changes for either teams and or broadcast in 2016. Well, actually, I just did a story on this, so I did a little research, and what really got me interested in this was uh, a recent study that showed um, that even if, if offered free tickets to the game, 57% of the fans, of fan base out there, would prefer to watch the game from home. Why are people refusing to go to the games? What's with it? What's with the attendance problems? Um, bottom line is the atten- attendance really isn't going down. And I think the reason for that is teams are attacking this issue with people wanting to stay home and the, you know, the, the desire to, to have the best seat in the house at home. Um, 
to make it a more valuable experience at the ballpark, at the stadium, or at the arena. And they're attacking it in a couple of different ways. One way that the, the Jets are attacking it at MetLife Stadium um, is they're trying to, first off, one of the things that, the, that no team is doing is lowering prices. So that's one thing that will not shift. So they just want to give fans a better experience. They want to enhance the experience at any of these arenas or the stadiums, but they're doing it in different ways. For the New York Jets, they're attacking it from a, a bonus standpoint. In other words, um, full-on uh, season ticket holders no longer have the printable tickets. They actually have chip cards. And so when they swipe their cards, they get easier access to the stadium. Uh, they get rewards bonuses. If something happens on the field, like uh, a delay of game for the opposition where the crowd inspires it, they actually get bonus points for that as well. So they want you to get on this rewards program. They've offered many things outside the stadium as well. Um, in the stadium, they want to create something more of like a, a, a higher quality cuisine atmosphere. So they really enhance the food products outside the stadium. They want to give people... Uh, avenues to create like selfies and things along those lines so they 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 have structures that you can take your pictures with or they bring in celebrities that you can get your picture taken with they have a vr experience out there uh, they understand that the tailgating experience in the nfl is so valuable as well so they've moved their exterior stage from just outside the uh the stadium to in the actual tailgating area itself. So now this stage in these, these performers are playing to the entire tailgating experience. So what they've done is try to create something that is much more community-based, much more uh, uh, fun and interactive to be a part of. Um, and then uh, also the rewards program. Do you At think, do you think yeah. Steve, that, um, do you think, that fans are still engaging as much as they always have. The difference is it's more fragmented and teams need to find a way to give them more value. Is that it? Is that, the, yeah, is that all that's, that's happening? I think what we're seeing is that's happening. I think that, again, these, these teams are not going to lower the prices. Prices continue to, to go up. It's just not going to go down. So to make it you know, a, a more enhanced experience, uh, they want to try to add value in certain ways. The Jets have tried to do it in that way. Um, the, uh, the, at the Garden, the Knicks have kind of taken a different approach. Um, as opposed to a rewards program, um, they, they try to make the experience in the, in the arena so much more entertaining. Like, um, they just purchased this $35,000 uh, I, I want to call it a drone, but they slapped my hand when I really? called it a drone. It's like because a balloon thing? It's the big old, it's called Air Float One. It's about, uh, I would say it's probably six to eight feet in diameter. It's a huge sphere. Imagine a big beach ball uh, that has drone propellers that can control the pitch and the yaw of it. So it's not officially a drone because it's filled with helium. And at the base of it, is the camera. It's like a little GoPro. And they will fly this thing around to the upper deck of the stadium, to the parts of the stadium where uh, their live television cameras can't get to, and they'll shoot all of those people up there, and they'll put it up on the big screen. Everybody wants to see their face up on the big screen. They got the idea for this because what they really wanted to do was they wanted to create, or they wanted to take individualized cameras 
and fly them over each one of the uh, uh, the cheerleaders and have each cheerleader have her own camera. So the idea was to have we've, – we've seen, you know, the new technology. I think I've seen some of the video of, um, you know, the drones that will fly directly over a snowboarder. And it's, it's basically like a um, – it's almost like your own third-person view uh, you know, it's only, you're creating your own video game with the drone flying behind you. They want to do the exact same thing um, with the Nick City dancers, but it would have just cost too much. But nonetheless, so they're getting the fans involved in that way. But for them, the other way that they're trying to get people you know, to feel like they've gotten more value is, you know, we're in New York. This is Broadway. So they've created more or less Broadway quality shows mm. in every time out. Every time you go to a commercial – there's a two-minute break there that they have an opportunity to entertain the fans, and they do. I mean, I sat, I've sat in there for a number of games, and for every break, it doesn't matter if it's 20-second timeout or if it's a two-minute break or if it's halftime, of course, or into the quarter, every single segment, they've got a choreographed dance. And it's not just a dance. I mean, they're wearing lighted outfits. It looks like some, a mixture between Blue Man Group and Cirque du Soleil, and they're they're – flying these people in here for for a two-minute segment and then get them off the court and it's time to play basketball once again. It's really crazy because when you go to the game, it's a completely different experience than watching it on TV This because that's something you, you completely miss uh, when you're sitting at home. So I love the, the attempt of making the experience awesome, but in the end, it often comes down to dollars, that it's expensive to go to an NFL game. Uh, it's expensive to go to an NBA game or a hockey game, especially with these leagues that have 82 games. I can't drop $500 to go. See, I live in Chicago to go see the Bulls. So what what are the teams going to try and do to still keep that fan engaged, knowing that the in-home experience, while it may not be as good as watching the game live, what can they do to still tailor things to the diehard fan who may not have the financial resources to be able to experience that more than once a year, or even at all? Well, I, I think they're in the process of trying to figure that out right now. I think what they're doing is they're taking some of the veterans, like for uh, the Knicks, they'll bring Allen Houston and John Starks, and they'll walk them through the suites, uh, shake hands, glad hand, all of those big wigs. But, you know, as, as we advance from a technological standpoint, you know, you have the chance and the ability to do that now with an individual fan. I mean, we've seen... For years, we've seen uh, the fan gets the move of the game. You move from the upper deck all the way to the front row, and that that lucky fan gets uh, you know this uh, amazing experience. Well, how much more difficult would it be to ask a current player or a former player to have some sort of a live interaction, FaceTime, random FaceTime, random Snapchat, random selfie conversation with a, a, a random fan in the audience? You know, uh, create some way that you can make the experience, you know, and then it's it's almost like you go to a baseball game and you think to yourself, man, I hope I catch a foul ball. That's the one, you know, I want to get a foul ball or I want to get a home run. I just want to walk away with the ball. And now you've got an experience for a lifetime. That ball's going to sit up on your mantle. And you're always going to have the story of the day that Ken Griffey Jr. hit his 200th home run. <laughs> I was there and I caught it. Okay, well, what if you can have you can have that experience now? We have the technology. We can build it. We have the technology to interact with um, the fan base in a much more intimate level. Um, some teams look at the crowd, look at the fans as one unit, as a crowd. 
other teams look at like the Knicks are treating the crowd as a crowd. We're going to entertain everybody together. But what if these teams are individualizing the crowd and individualizing the fans and not making it a crowd based entertainment, but an individualized entertainment? I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think that that's what we're seeing. And, and teams that are getting it are starting to get it, even brands that understand the value of, like, listen, we need to add value. We need to create more interaction. Obviously, doing it in stadium is fantastic, but like Rob said, finding ways, and like you're saying, doing it through social media to have one-to-one interactions with fans, even if they're not at the game, that's powerful. That's huge. Listen, Steve, we got to wrap it up. Simple. What's that? And shareable, too. And shareable. Right. That's And that's free advertisement. I mean, that's... That's the new currency right now. Is what you're putting out there shareable? Right. Is it valuable to the world? Because we see, we, we digest information now in memes. And a, a, if we can create a meme or some sort of a story that is fun to watch or entertaining or has, or touches, your emo- touches you on an emotional level in some way, you know, then it's going to be memorable. It's going to give you more credibility and it's going to be you know i would imagine greater advertising for the team substantially more powerful when there's a story and a real connection with fans yeah. whether they're at the game or not well listen steve we really appreciate you coming on the 100th episode of the sports marketing hall thank you so much man uh when i'm back in new york we're gonna to have to grab a beer or something uh looking forward to it and uh, otherwise all of our listeners will have to keep an eye out for you on cbs and get your continued insights into the sports world Thanks, guys. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers.